Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helvig. I am beyond excited for you to experience this episode with Canadian actress, uh, artist, performer, uh, self-proclaimed witch, Vanessa Lenges. She is absolutely incredible. We talk about uh, her foyer into the world of entertainment as a... (laughs) an only child in Canada with an outrageous and uh, wandering imagination. And I cannot believe I'm still processing the amount of life advice that I've gleaned from her, Uh, including but not limited to the idea of buying a a, um, price is right type of wheel off of Amazon and using it uh, to give you some self-help mantras throughout your day. Uh, We also learn about the remake of Turner and Hooch that she is in on Disney Plus, currently available for all of your viewing pleasure, and um, how she created one of the most (laughs) incredibly beautiful uh, pieces of uh, art installation in her parking spot here in Los Angeles. Please enjoy all of this. I know this sounds very vague, but it all makes sense uh, throughout this episode of Not Too Deep with the absolutely hilarious and lovely Vanessa Lenges. Okay, Vanessa, I have so many questions for you. You have had such a uh, a variety of a career, such an interesting like endeavor into the world of arts. Um, what's your skincare routine? Because your skin looks absolutely freaking phenomenal. <laughs> oh my goodness, thank you. My skincare routine is a uh, Zoom appearance assistance. Yes, yes, yes. I'm very aware of that. <laughs> added filter probably. oh yeah i was like oh wait what's this um i wash my face twice a day and i moisturize with um oh we're getting a a bit of uh, a- origins yes yeah. love it love it love it love it well very simple i mean sometimes the simplest things are have the best results okay now i'm genuinely curious because you've had a career in entertainment at a very young age like what was your childhood like? What was getting into the world of performing and art and entertainment? Like, how did that happen for you? Uh, it was an accident, really. Yeah. <laughs> I was, um, I was, I'm very hyper. Yeah. I happen to know that we were both born the same year, 1985. Yes, yes, yes. yes. There was something in the water mm-hmm. that year. Yes, ma'am. And uh, I just was a lot, period. <laughs> and um, my, my dad had been a musician and then he started producing music and then he started uh, producing other people and then he started making music videos for them. And um, it was like, I was six years old and he was just directing his first music video and he had hired some actors. This is in in rural Canada. Right. That's what I was going to say. You're from Canada. And so you're watching this as a young child. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I wasn't watching. No, I was trying to um, suck all the attention from the shoot. <laughs> you I were trying, trying to steal focus. From yeah, that. I was like, I don't understand why you hired those people. No. Um, yeah, I was just being a real ham. And the agent who had, was like visiting the set was saying to my parents, I don't have any kids in my uh, in my agency. Yeah. What if What if she would go on some auditions for me? And wow. they asked me and I didn't know what that meant. But wow. it was something where I could get more attention from people. <laughs> like, yeah, hell yeah. Um, and that's how it, that's how the accident happened. And then um, 
And then I quickly just saw it as a game and I loved that. And it was Mm. like, oh, okay, how can I do this more? And I started doing voiceover work first. And then I uh, went, moved to on screen and I never looked. Well, actually, that's not true. I've done both since, but. Well, you, in, in doing all this research about you, so you did Arthur on PBS for 10 years. So that's wild to me that as a young, you know, budding performer that you want to get into the acting or entertaining world, but then you do voiceover, which is like a very different uh, avenue for all of that. Like, and to do it for 10 years, what was that like? Um, it's a funny question to ask a seven-year-old because right. I don't, I didn't have anything to compare it to. I, so I was, so I grew up in rural Canada, 1985, mm-hmm. we're setting the stage. Yeah. And then, uh, it was, it was Montreal, which is the closest major city that I lived near mm-hmm. was very, uh, that at that time was making a lot of cartoons. Okay. That's just like what they were doing. Gotcha. Um, and so it kind of was a natural first job for me because there was just so much production, cartoon production happening in Montreal. Sure, at the time. Okay. And then I kind of just got in with this company called Cinar and then Cinar um, eventually started doing television shows. So mm. it was kind of like I was in the family of Cinar and then started working on like Lassie and wow. uh, Radioactive and all these other uh, kids shows. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't really know what I thought about it. I just thought, oh, being a cartoon voice is really fun. Yeah. I like this job. And then when I, I remember working on my first on screen job, loving the fact that I got to add my body. It was mm. like, oh, that's like my voice. But now I get to okay. like be a monkey yeah. as well. It's like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> so, what, so, so what was your first on screen job that kind of made the transition for you? That was Lassie. That was that an was Lassie? episode of Canadian Lassie, not even American Lassie. <laughs> the more polite I, I don't know Lassie. How many, exactly. Um, yeah, that dog, eh? Uh, it, it, yeah, it was just a, it was an episode. I played a character named Charity. You know what? It was either Charity or Chastity. I can't remember, but I hope it was Chastity. Two, two very uh, moral compass ideas. Canadian yeah. Lassie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the characters were named after uh, virtues. Love that. Love that. Uh, but that also is a very wild kind of full circle thing because now you're working on Turner and Hooch on Disney Plus. And so you Correct. have been working with um, animals in so many ways <laughs> that I'm so curious how now Turner and Hooch has come about for you and like what that audition process was like, especially working with pups on set. Like what did you have yeah. to do any prep for any of that? Uh they, I, I think, um, naively, they did not ask us to do any prep with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they just assume everyone knows they how to just, deal with dogs. Got mm-hmm. it. I think it was a surprise for all of us. Sure. It was, it, I mean, the, the famous adage says never work with kids, trains and dogs. Is that, is that how it goes? <laughs> I've only heard about kids and dogs, but trains, uh, <laughs> just through in trains, just, <laughs> true, just through the comment section. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so working with dogs, I don't, you know, I, I don't remember what it was like when I was 10 working on Lassie. So sure. I, didn't, I didn't have anything to pull from. I don't even know if I mentioned it in my audition. Like I have experience here, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> but I, def- it was definitely, I mean, we're not working with toy poodles. We're working right. with like these giant French mastiffs. They're yeah. way more than me. They are 
slobber machines. <laughs> they don't necessarily want to do what you want them to do. So it was, you know, because of the pandemic, um, we had to delay production. So okay. they were so excited that the dogs had this extra time to train. Okay. Okay. So we got to set thinking. Oh yeah, this is great. They're going to They're going to be so well behaved. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. And it was just I mean, it was a lesson in improv. It was a lesson mm. in giving up the plan that you know, as an actor you come with your your prepared piece of work. Sure. And then, you know, they really helped me see that that doesn't matter and what what you do when you get onto set, that's where the magic happens. And if you mm. can be present and if you can be interacting in the moment, um, magic will, magic will come of it. And I think as the show progresses, I think I got that like episode six, yeah. like, <laughs> real talk, <laughs> real talk. Episode six uh, is where Vanessa Lenji starts to understand. Oh, okay. I, I, I understand how to, um, make a show about dogs. Hmm. There, I mean, yeah, I can imagine that there's probably, if you want to go deep on it, so many lessons to glean from being in the present moment with dogs mapped over being in the present moment, acting, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But it's called not too deep, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll keep it surface. Um, but no, seeing the videos, the behind the scenes videos that you've posted on your Instagram, those dogs are literally the same size as you. So yeah. there is a uh, physical kind of battle going on behind the scenes, it seems like. I am just happy that at least 50% of people believe that I am a professional dog trainer. Yeah. Least, well, show. Do you feel any more equipped now to kind of, um, you know, be able to communicate with dogs in the real world? Actually, I do. Yeah. Uh, not to go deep, but... Um, I feel like this experience has me understand. I thought that being a dog trainer was teaching dogs tricks. Sure. And it really is learning the personality of a dog mm. and navigating, um, well, basically building a relationship of trust with that dog. Yeah. So when you do tell it to do something or try to guide it towards doing something, it trusts you. Mm. If it doesn't trust you, it won't do anything, even if it has the trick learned sure. and practiced. So that was interesting. And I think now I see definitely, I definitely have a, a new, um, sight on dogs and training. And, and, and I, I learned that it's very important when you get a dog to know what breed it is and what it's bred to do, mm. because that, like basically a lot of dog owners are trying to teach their dog to do things counter to their nature which is just so mean when you yeah. think about it, right? Like we have bred dogs, however you feel about the fact that we've done that to all have a different uh, purpose. Yeah. And then we think they should all act the same. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I have a it's also, I mean, that's very profound and it's, but also very simple at the same time. The like, how could we overlook such a simple concept for these right. creatures the same way that like, Perhaps we want to be treated the same way, but the it is why when you zoom out on the world of dogs in general and you look at the types that they are and the variations that they are, they are and that we have crossbred them in such right. ways to create these little monsters or these cartoon <laughs> characters. I know. okay. Like uh, my dog is like um, a half sort of. She's got like French bulldog in her, but she also has like pit bull. So she's a little aggressive, but she has breathing issues. And mm -hmm. so 
and she sounds like Chewbacca all the time. And there's part of me occasionally that will look at her and go, you're bred from wolves and look at you right now. Like, what have we done? But do you have, do you have any pets? Uh, I don't have any pets. I, okay. I used to have a toy poodle. Okay. Uh, very different from a French Mastiff. I've learned. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think my toy poodle was bred perfectly for what I needed in a dog, which yeah. was a lot of attention, um, some codependency. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and she was just so cute and fluffy and soft. And she lived for like 17 years. Long, Holy shit. Long time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like full. But she was like blind and deaf and yeah. senile for the last three years. <laughs> it is wild that we, yeah. Uh, keep these critters with us. We just know, watch right? the entire lifespan of them. It's wild. Okay. I do want to, I am curious about, because um, you filmed this, like you said, during the pandemic. So what was that experience like to be on set? I mean, I've seen all the, you know, behind the scenes videos that you posted. Obviously everyone's like abiding by the protocols and everything, yeah. but I'm sure to like create and do the story is a bit different than it would normally be. Yeah. I mean, I feed off of interacting with people. Right. Yeah. Which is hard to do when everyone has to be six feet away with a mask on. (laughs) And so there was an adjust, an adjustment period, but, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I feel. Oh, I feel positive about, we did, uh, sort of French hours, they call it, which is like shorter days. And so a longer production schedule. Okay which I loved Mm -hmm. because I always feel for these crews who, you know, when I'm done my three scenes, I go home and they're there 15 to 17 hours every day. It's grueling. And so that part was really great because the crew felt lively and energetic and rested every day. And, um, and they were just an amazing crew as well. Um, and also everyone had come back from having lots of time either at home immersed with their families, however they felt about that or, you know, (laughs) just had their own personal time to recharge. So it felt like everyone was really hungry to work and hungry to, to get into something. So I, I feel like we, uh, we all showed up uh, on the same creative page. Cool. And then, you know, just kind of sucks to be far away from people for me, for a codependent only child born in (laughs) Nigeria. I love this life story narrative. Yeah, just gonna keep bringing that. But no, that makes sense because I do. Yeah, I'm. I'm also curious in your pandemic experience. Um, what was it like before having like to be able to work on set? I'm sure everyone was eager just to have some variation in the thing that they've been doing all day, whether that's be mm-hmm. at home or whatever it is. Um, and so for your pandemic experience before you started uh, working on sets, did you get into the bread making? Did you get into the let me find a hobby that I can do at home situation. I, <laughs> uh, I, my pandemic life, my mm-hmm. pandemic life. <laughs> yeah. That's the new MTV that's series. That's going to be coming out next year. <laughs> Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it involved a lot of costumes and fantasy play, to be honest. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that's where I went. I was just like, all right, who am I going to be today? Wait, Lots of wigs. So explain, okay. <laughs> explain this a little bit more. <laughs> what is there to explain, Grace? I do not understand the question. Uh, my brain's gone in 17 different avenues. to, uh, And you know, sense. they're all accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I don't know how X-rated this gets, but there, it, 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 my costuming fed an entire spectrum of experience. Um, 
<laughs> currently on a Disney Plus show, so I'm not I'm not sure there what I go. can say. Exactly. But uh, but yeah, I think you I, I you know with the as, so <laughs> it's keeping I imagine because I'm the same way with you that like if left to my own devices, which I have been for most of my creative career. And uh, so it's impossible to kind of explain uh, in what any happens. mature way. <laughs> yeah. How what I'm doing is my work and my craft, etc. But you do need to stimulate your imagination because right. that is one of the key cornerstones of the work you do is being able to foster that place in your brain that keeps the imagination going. Yeah. And it's hard to tell if it's a choice or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if it's a compulsion. But either way, I'm going to write off all of the Amazon uh, onesies I bought as For work. sure. <laughs> I bought I bought an Amazon uh, a spin wheel. Like what? a Price is Right spin yes. wheel. Not a Price is Right one, but like a... Yeah, I know exactly what you're exactly. talking about. And then like every couple days I changed the <gasps> things on them so I could wake up and be like, all right, what's it going to be today? Wait, so what would you put? Okay, because this I think might be a great life hack for anyone just to yeah. like have a fun day ahead of them. What yeah. are you putting on the little wedges of your wheel? I had, um, well, as boring as like go outside and take a freaking walk. Uh, freaking. Yeah. Um, do Canadians say freaking? Do you meet a lot of Canadians who say freaking? I say freaking occasionally, but I'm also my fiance's mom has been in town, so I've just been trying to kind of um, right. censor myself a little bit more. So I don't know who says freaking other than people that are trying not to say fucking the whole time. <laughs> I'm I'm so on edge nowadays too because I do, I'm not on TikTok yet, and I know oh. that that's where that's where you're like that's where it's deemed whether you're not allowed or allowed to say something anymore. Like oh. I didn't know that we were supposed to have middle parts like three years ago. It's like same, no same. more side parts. I had no idea. Didn't get the memo. Uh, I am sure somebody's like people who say fricking or <laughs> uh, I'm with you. Don't worry. All of these struggles, you're basically verbalizing my inner monologue all day long. <laughs> Thank you. She also seen. Okay, but wait. So um, on this wheel, 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 so you have. So these are you're putting things on of like to dos activities. Yeah, it's, okay, it's like um, it's like Facetime a friend. Uh, That's great. put on a costume. Uh, <laughs> play a board game. Um, uh, pull cards. You know, like I have animal spirit cards or tarot cards. I have tarot like cards that. too. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This I feel like we should package this we take should. it to shark tank and <laughs> say like do it we've invented <laughs> the spin wheel yeah. but <laughs> who needs therapy when they pay 19.99 for this spin wheel that gives them things to do to yeah. distract them from their own anxieties all because exactly. <laughs> instead of being alone i'm now here with this yes. not inanimate object yes it moves <laughs> uh yeah no so it was twenty eight. It was twenty eight dollars, but I got like the mega one because I really wanted it to be visually big. They came in different sizes. <sighs> I'm making I was like, a I gotta note get for the myself. I yeah. get. I this is. I often learn many great hacks and tips and tricks from people that I talk to. This might be one of the best ones that I can't believe I haven't already indulged in. <laughs> I'm literally is, making a note for myself. <laughs> this is my. This is my. Se- the the second thing that I wanted I, that I just realized that I came up with in the pandemic. So I no longer live at the apartment I lived in in Venice during the okay. pandemic, but um, <clears throat> I quickly realized that I am someone who needs a yard. Mm, yeah and I didn't have a yard it was just like 
just that's not was not available. Sure. Yeah. And so at one point I went to Home Depot, demo, <laughs> went to Home Depot, uh-huh. bought AstroTurf, okay. a white picket fence, flower <laughs> pots, a little American flag, some lawn chairs. And I started parking my car on the street. And in my parking spot in the parking lot of the apartment building, I built a yard. <laughs> In, in your parking spot? In, the... in my parking spot, I this built is... a yard. I And you got an American flag as a Canadian I'm... to hang in your parking spot. <laughs> this is incredible. It was It was a very, the, 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 the vision was nostalgic, like yeah. 60s American. Sure, or 50s, yeah. 60s, I'm not sure. It was some, uh, some sepia toned exactly some <laughs> sepia toned time that was not the seventies. Right. Uh, that was you know that classic like how a neighbor. That's amazing, and it was just for you to park your car. Did anyone in the complex like see ma- me? Yes, well, or like say anything about it to you? No, but I feel like if it, if if I had gotten my full desire realized by kitty pool would have probably started some like started (laughs) some talk because that's what I really wanted like I was like and it needs it wasn't big it wasn't big enough to host my chairs the fence the flower pots oh my god this is incredible this is truly active imagination in its best form Okay, we have to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, I clearly have a billion more questions for you because you are, I don't know if you've started writing your self-help book, but you should because I'm literally taking so many notes on all of these things. It's fantastic. Okay, we'll be right back. We're not too deep. Hello, listeners. Grace Helbig here. Wanting to say two things, a big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not too deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the app store and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good, bad, otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. Here's the here's the Home Depot. Uh, the hall. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it looks like you're celebrating Fourth of July. I had, right. Like- I had the I had the little uh, flamingo. Oh, God. Classic necessity. I feel like, um, yeah, you're just embodying like a Florida retiree situation. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. There's kind of and this is a really but there's kind of like the. It's not as impressive in this photo. It's, you know what, to be fair, it's exactly how I imagined it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's, but it is one of those things where you're like, you have to get your creativity and your playfulness out in some way and to do it in a harmless way on your own property. This wheel thing I'm taking, I'm doing. And so I yeah. will credit you with all of it. But that right. is it's amazing. so fantastic. That's how I think that people's anxiety should be navigate it. how do you make a game out of it I, you're a libra right yes ma'am uh-huh. the wheel speaks to yeah. you the especially scale, fair and because balance. you're like what the 
am I supposed to do here? Exactly. Wait, what are you? I'm a cancer. You're a kid. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, because you yeah. mentioned tarot cards and that before. Yeah. What are, in terms of like, you know, you you do so much work in entertainment. And I find I love tarot cards that like, I you know, grew up Catholic, but I'm not part of that church situation anymore. And to be able to have a sense of spirituality that still feels playful, which to me is what like tarot feels like. I'm curious what your like association with that is. Yeah. Um, my, yeah, it's like full blown witch basically. Well, okay. Here's the, all right. So (laughs) I have a billion notes, but one of my questions is what do you mean exactly when you refer to yourself as a witch? Right. That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, and now's the time where we talk about it. Um, (laughs) you know, things like you have a bundle of sage at your, at your, ready any you gotta any smudge when you need to smudge you, you gotta smudge when you need to smudge this world <laughs> needs more smudging um i okay let's see well i'm curious what your like go-to practices are because we this episode will go up in a couple of weeks but we've recently experienced a full moon here mm-hmm. um i mean everyone has and so I am, I have crystals, but I am not well versed in everything about them. One of the few things I looked up on the eve of the full moon was to charge my crystals by the moonlight. Um, so took that on, but still don't necessarily know exactly like what the effects yeah. of that are. Yeah. I'm curious if you have any, like, what's your go-to yeah. stuff? Yeah. Okay. I think I hear the question. I think my, my take on being a witch is <laughs> go to work go to what you feel pulled towards. Mm. So, you know, yes, you can look up like how to be a witch and then do, do A, B, C, D. But to me, that doesn't actually mean anything. Um, I think that people are drawn to different things. Like, for example, like I'm not drawn to fairy anything. Sure. You're You're connecting with your intuition about stuff. Right. But there's, but I mean, what I mean by fairies is like actual fairies. Like people are super drawn to fairies or people are drawn to crystals or people are drawn to like earthy things or potions Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, potions could be tinctures or scents. And there's a lot of, you know, real world crossover things that you just naturally feel drawn to or, or that light your body up in a certain way. You're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that excites me. Or, Oh, I like candles more than crystals or, Mm -hmm. you know, and just, um, and then just following that, meaning whatever's pulling you, you just follow that. And that kind of is where you start your, your practice, because mm. then you just trial and error, practice certain things, and you go towards what feels better. Not, yeah. you know, like if you're like, I charged my crystals and then I didn't feel anything and that is just a dud, then I would just move on you know from that. Yeah. On. yeah yeah until you find something that like oh speaks it, to it you usually it feels something that you would you would be inspired to do again and again yeah like for example i have um an altar that i set up cool. i've been moving a lot since turner and hooch finished filming okay like a lot <laughs> a lot 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 yeah but um i everywhere i move as soon as i get there i set up this altar i do um uh, like I call on the four directions and Mm -hmm. I feel very, I feel very connected to earth magic, green magic and ancestry, like ancestors. Um, and so having that to me is, it feels now just a part of me. Like I put down my altar and then I feel grounded and now I'm in my new place and it kind of like sets this, this space around me so that 
no matter where I go, I feel like home and I feel centered. Now I've been like doing like witchcraft for a long time and I do it with my friends too, which is always fun. Like usually I try to pull everyone together, new moons, full moons, new moon ceremonies. Um, Yeah. We have witchy girl ceremonies where we release or we manifest, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it's fun. And, and even, even if you don't like the witch part or doesn't feel connected to the witch part, the connection that happens because you're using an excuse to get together. That yeah. is very valuable. And, so true. um, and also I, I, I believe that our words are spells too. So mm. in self-talk, like this is, this is going in my self-help book. Yeah. You have to realize that what you say about yourself, even if it's, if you believe it or not, when it comes out of your mouth, that's a spell. So the universe is coming here to, to mirror that. So uh-huh. just be careful with your word. Be careful what you say about others. Be careful how you much use the words like hate or yeah. you know, there's like some pretty charged words, charged words that we yeah. don't need to be saying. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's beautiful, first of all. And also just like a, a way of being more present and conscious in your interactions with the world, with your history, with your future, with your present, right. all of it. Um, and a lot of stuff that like, I'm, I'm actually learning a lot more about now, which is so cool to just to hear like your perspective on all of it. Yeah. Um, I will you can't have, do it wrong, basically. You can't yeah. be a witch wrong. That's how I feel. I mean, religion is so... Poof, yeah, like, you can uh, do that wrong. You can, <laughs> and you're, you're constantly told that you're doing it wrong. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, this is like the opposite. This is, yeah, which feels like, yeah, the misidentification uh, or misnomer about it or the stigma around it is that this is more intense when actually it's way more accepting of who yeah. you are as how you are. Um, okay, I'm going to pivot a little bit. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to ask you now the two questions. I ask every single guest that's oh, uh, on the podcast. And the first question I ask everyone is, uh, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? (laughs) I saw you take it in, and I really appreciate that. (laughs) And this is just to uh, alleviate any of the heaviness that might be around this for you. Um, This is just an answer of who in this moment comes to mind. This answer changes constantly. And it also doesn't have to be entirely negative. It can be celebratory. It can be positive in some capacity if that's where you're at right now. Yeah, I mean, the first thought, best thought before it even got to the end of the sentence was Robin Williams. Um, Yeah. Just, and now the more I think of it, yeah, it's just a really amazing moment. That would be incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um, And I don't think it can't happen at some point. But, okay, the other question that I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or like a bathroom emergency situation. However, you can only use three words or small phrases to describe the event. So, for example, mine is college jogging front lawn. Mine would be school trip, ocean, Oh. <laughs> regret. <laughs> There's so many guests' answers do revolve in some way around a school scenario. <laughs> yeah, because if you just have a, 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 a shit at your pants story by yourself, it's yeah. like, oh, well, that's not that embarrassing. <laughs> oh, but sometimes it is. <laughs> but yes, the anxiety of school, especially on a school trip, oh, your body gets too excited. <laughs> so many emotions. <laughs> So much to learn on location. Uh, Okay, now we're going to get into a section uh, called Deep and Hot, 
where I'm going to ask you a deep question that we've prepared for you and for a hot take on kind of like a topic-ish that we have prepared for you. So deep question for you. Since you've been, you know, in entertainment for so long, how do you grow with your work? I have the memory of a gnat. <laughs> I cannot remember what happened to me two years ago okay. or what I worked on. Same, same. Okay. Do you know that we work together? On my music. Yeah. In doing all this research, I've been trying to Google all of it to figure out exactly where the cross connection happened. But same for me with what you're saying. I have to be told about things that have mm-hmm. happened or things I've said because I just black it out immediately yep, after black out. I won't remember anything we talk about on this podcast. I know, same. <laughs> I'll listen to it three years in the, in, in the past, in the future. And yeah. I'll be like, who is that? Who is that? I know. When I was looking at everything, sounds different. I was like, she was in Stick It and then she was also in my music. This is, my mind is scrambling right now. And you're in the I new, are you afraid of the dark? My gosh. <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to understand. I was trying to remember what my character was in my music. Huh, the whole thing. I'm remembering like Yoko Ono and, and. Yeah, you were Loco, Loco Uno. Loco Uno, that's right. Which, who knows how. But I have no, I have, I, I mean, I wouldn't even know. Can we, is that something that we can find online? I don't know if I want to. <sighs> Maybe. Um, yeah, it might be one of like, those. Shout out to Benny Fine. Yeah, exactly. To the Fine Brothers. Hello and thank you. Hello, and what well, a wild you. fever dream of an experience. I <laughs> remember thinking, I remember thinking you are, you are so talented and so impressive. Uh, I remember being like, oh, that's so gr- funny. I was just moving to Los Angeles at the time. So beho- like behind the scenes, my brain was a chaotic mess of just trying to get that. acclimated to everything. You are, you, it, so you, thank God. I got to play a completely neurotic like mess of a character because right. I felt like most of it was just therapy for me of screaming <laughs> at everyone <laughs> and just being like I'm panicking and it's uh, you know some of it's real um okay well we're gonna kind of gloss over that deep question we're gonna go to a hot take because okay. I feel like in touching on uh, a lot of the projects that you've been in, in the past You've been stick it is one of the most iconic kind of movies that represents this like early aughts genre of stuff, um, mm-hmm. especially aesthetically, just the outfits, <laughs> everything. I'm curious if you have a hot take on Gen Z not having the proper respect for like 90s, early aughts fashion. <laughs> I feel here's my my thoughts on this is that. I'm watching like flare jeans come back into, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the realm of crop fashion, tops and crop tops, rise the and middle part versus the side part yeah. craziness that I feel like I'm constantly judged by our younger generation for not dressing the way I dressed actually in middle school. And right. so I'm curious. Like, you don't know how cool I was. I had one pair of jeans in the limited <laughs> two and they lasted me forever. <laughs> but to be someone that worked in Hollywood, that worked in films that are kind of like, you know, frozen in time in those moments. I'm curious your thoughts when you see a younger generation start to rock this stuff that you've worn on sets and in films and that sort of uh, iconery of it all. Um. Yeah. Uh, or do you feel a pressure to have to still keep up with a younger generation? Yeah, that's that's what I feel. Yeah. Like my hot text against myself. I'm yeah. like, I, I don't understand why I'm having so much trouble doing something that I've already done. 
<laughs> it might have it might have to do with our great memory. Like, well, I don't remember how to be cool. Now you're telling me I was super cool when I thought I wasn't cool. Like that cat shirt, that cat shirt I wore, like you know, five days a week to school, never yep. wash. Like that's yep. what was. I don't get it. So, um, so yeah, I feel. You know what I feel? I feel like I'm happy there was evidence that at one point I was doing it right. There you go. (laughs) I know there is a, I think now, you know, entering in this 36th year of my life that you are confronted with the idea that you are no longer, you know, a spring chicken and you are instead now on the other side. And so I still operate like I'm 24 years old all the time. And then sometimes I zoom out on my situation. I go, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like level up. <laughs> I um I feel like there's a Dutch, a Dutch rope. Like mm, TikTok yes. is like a Dutch rope. Yeah. And I'm just like out of it, like just really trying to get like I really want to go in. But then like I know that when I go in, everyone is looking at me going like, you're way too old to be skipping. Why are you at our elementary school? Like, go yes. home. You don't work here. You don't go here. Yes. You're 36. So like, why are you giving me such a hard time about being out of it? But then when I try to be in it, like, it doesn't feel right either. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. It, that's a the perfect metaphor. Yeah, that I feel like I'm going, hey, guys, I'll jump in. And then I just get tangled up and I ruin everyone's time. And they're literally like, you're an adult, you should be doing your taxes somewhere. Stop coming to our (laughs) recess right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, on that note, we're gonna take one last break. And obviously, because you and I have such profound life advice and wisdom, uh, (laughs) we're gonna work together when we get back to try and give uh, someone that's written in some, you know, guidance or advice on something that they are struggling with. So we will be right back with more Not Too Deep. Okay, Vanessa, clearly you have so much wisdom that I am eager to hear your thoughts on all of this. So um, this is someone that's uh, written in. The thing that they have concern about is living with a partner. Um, Their question is, I just moved in with my girlfriend after dating for three and a half years. I'm finding it hard to adjust to fully sharing my space all the time and dealing with someone else's messes. Do you have any advice for first moving in with someone and how to make it work? I mean, you've been moving so much. <laughs> I'm kind of like a move in right away kind of partner. <laughs> Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the back to the codependent only child thing. Um, yeah, I my advice is, well, first I want to say good job. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I mean, they you know, waited people, three and a half years before they moved in. So they right. got to see all the nuances of their partner before they like doubled down. Just went in. Yeah. I... um. I would say just like be really clear about your own needs and wants, mm-hmm. like just over communicate. And then a, a, a secret, a secret that I use is to take out the word, but so let's say it's like, oh. uh, you want to be like, I, I want more alone space. 
instead of saying, you know, like I, I want my alone space, but I don't want to hurt your feelings or, but like, mm-hmm. I know you might want something else. You could say, and I want you to feel like, you know, yeah. not dropped here and then wait for like a solution to come up with in mm. the, in the partnership. So like present your truth. Don't use the word, but to compare it to like what, you know, the other side sure. Just say, there's just two things that are true here. I want my alone space and I want to feel close to you or I want you to feel, you know, and then come up with a solution together. That would be my advice. I think that's great because I do think the word but is wildly triggering. So triggering because then you're just like pretending things are against each other and they might not be. And I can say for myself firsthand that when I hear someone say the word but I can't say authentically that I'm still listening Mm -hmm. to the intentions of the conversation versus, but here's where I'm the problem (laughs) scenario. (laughs) I will say on top of what you've already uh, kind of, you know, inspired me with, there is a world in which you, if you move in with someone and you're like, I don't like dealing with someone else's messes, Mm. you can buy this spin wheel, put chores on it, and then gamify your situation in which you can share openly what the expectations are of who cleans what each week and how do you make it fun versus making it like the obligation that this person has to do to meet your requirements to be living there. Totally. I also think like what you're saying, being overly communicative is just Key. key for everything. Put on 20, put on a 20 minute timer, put on a, great playlists that you guys agree on and like do just 20 minutes of cleaning together Mm. as like a fun thing. 20 minutes of cleaning gets a lot done. And then it's not like your mind, like, Oh gosh, how long is this going to take? Or I don't want to do it. It's just like, it's so bite-sized easy. And also, yeah, that you're not walking past the sink with dirty dishes and it Mm -hmm. looking at your partner going, I'm waiting. Now I'm just like a parent watching and waiting for you to clean up after yourself. And now we're not on equal playing field anymore. Yeah. Um, The dishes dishes is an issue. (laughs) Well, I have this theory that your like uh the way you feel energetically is very signified by how dirty your sink is currently that i find myself on days that's a hard pill to swallow right but also (laughs) something that can be kind of manageable because i find when i am the most like depressed or i wake up heavy in my heart Mm -hmm. i'll look in my kitchen and just be like oh None of this has been taken care of. The metaphor looms around me. And when I just like pick myself up and clean some dishes, clean out my sink, suddenly I have the capacity to clean some other stuff in my life. Okay. Okay. I, tr- I trust that. Look, I trust we're going to we're gonna keep collaborating on this self-help book that we <laughs> work out for everyone. All right, Vanessa, we are getting to the end of the podcast. This has been, I know, this has been so fun. I feel like I have so much more to glean from you about just like life advice. Um, But before we wrap up, we like to give a a gift, a token of our appreciation to our guests. um, And that is that we create personalized horoscopes um, for you from us. Melissa is going to put uh, your personalized horoscope in the chat. And when she does, if you could read it aloud to the class, that'd be awesome. Oh my gosh. I love this. (laughs) Dear Cancer, crab of the stars, (laughs) there lies a strong chance of a volatile argument rising up with someone close in your school. Try your best to clear the air quickly with an honest heart. 
But if they some if they some rude shit, remember it's not called gymnastics. Oh damn! But if they some rude shit, I'm always worried about that. <laughs> I think that's how they say it on TikTok. <laughs> oh no! I have Is no it idea. a TikTok reference? Like don't get. Not I was worried. I was really worried about this. <laughs> Are you on a? Uh, you haven't joined TikTok. You said no. I, so I I I so three so three years ago maybe it was pre-pandemic I definitely my cousin Jenna uh-huh. who is the right age yeah. to make 36 year olds feel bad about themselves <laughs> uh she had me do some dance some dances okay. so I have like an account and then like a couple years ago or maybe this year I can't remember I definitely changed I got my little lenges you know my yeah. my my handle or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's overwhelming. It is so overwhelming. Although (sighs) I'll say this, I had to go, I had to put myself on tape for an audition yesterday, which is a whole other nightmare story, but, um, it was a punk hipster, butcher, (laughs) uh, punk punk hipster butcher. Wow. Yeah. At least it wasn't a gorgeous, you know, uh, a gorgeous, pump. you yeah. know how they put that in the description. Yeah. You're like, can you just stop? Stop. Just I'm not going to get my hair blown out to do I this. I can't yeah. <laughs> take that. <laughs> anyways. Um, anyways. Okay. We're, we're, we're ending. We're ending. But, uh, I don't remember. Oh yeah. I went on the tick on the tick on the TikTok, and yeah. I, it was very accessible tutorials on what like punk makeup and punk hair was oh. like of the day yeah, yeah of yeah. the time of the now wow okay so i thought that was really helpful look i i do believe that tiktok is a resource however i cannot deny that as soon as i open it up i am overwhelmed by the amount of shit on there there yeah. is everyone one is the funniest person i've ever seen in my entire life on there absolutely how did you have the time to edit these videos they're so cute what do i, I possibly do have to add to this platform that doesn't already exist or isn't already done way more like in line with what the trends are than what i'm right. gonna do like you know i'm gonna put something out and they're gonna be like oh this is you didn't use this soundbite correctly you have no idea what the meme is about this and i'm gonna go yeah you're absolutely right I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm just embarrassing myself constantly. Oh my God, totally. We're in the same boat. We're in the same boat. I love our boat. It's so cute. It's barely keeping above water right now. We have a tiny little hole, but yes. I got a wine cork and we're gonna Perfect. we're gonna shove it in. Well, Vanessa, where can people find you on whatever social media platform that you're on? And Turner and Hooch is out now on Disney Plus. They can everyone can see that. Yeah, so Turner and Hooch is on Disney Plus. All the episodes are streaming. Great. If you want to watch just one episode just to see me, please watch episode 10. There you go. It is the episode where my dog gets stolen and I play Liam Neeson um, in uh, a... Give me back your dog. (laughs) (laughs) Turner and Hooch version of Taken. So please, please watch that. Um, And then... um, And then the, 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 the social media that I use barely is instagram i really try um i really try hey i'm with you i yours looks beautiful i loved it thank you so much back at you too it's um but trust me it is a constant (laughs) uh curious endeavor every day twitter my poor twitter like that's i can't do it i can't do it like i'm just like that's just i know same floating downstream i have no idea how to I'm right with you there. It is, um, yeah, I'm, I'm giving <sighs> no, myself I'm, credit. 
for uh, saying goodbye to some things that don't need to be hung out with at the moment. Uh, Vanessa, this is so fun. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So excited um, for the future parking space uh, artistic (laughs) (laughs) installations that you get into. Guys, go follow everything that she's up to when she gets up to it. Go watch Turner and Hooch episode 10. Um, And otherwise, get your sage on, get your spirituality on. And we'll see you next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep, too deep, too deep, not too deep. It was Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz, edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. (laughs) 